I'm Romy Newman, the co-founder and president of Fairy God Boss, and this is Fairy God Boss Radio. Today on Fairy God Boss Radio, I'm talking with Petra Slater, partner at Aeon. Petra, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me on this uh, beautiful day. Could you tell us a little bit about your role and your career? How did you get into this role? So my current role is um, is a new role. Um, it's called an enterprise client leader, where I am looking um, across Aon uh, on behalf of a client and really delivering the full capabilities and solutions of Aon to help that client drive additional revenue growth, cost efficiencies, and just really help our clients be more successful at what they're trying to do. Um, So I'm very excited about that. Um, It's kind of funny. I had no plans to get into, you know, kind of the human resource consulting business, the insurance business. You know, I um, was at University of Wisconsin and um, I was doing, you know, the usual interviewing for people that um, had a business degree. Um, In fact, my degree was sort of a little bit different because I did international relations, political science, um, and econ. And um, I was interviewing with like Procter & Gamble. You know, these were kind of in the days when you had all these companies come to campus. And I was fortunate enough to have a bunch of different job offers. Um, But then I thought, well, you know, I don't know if I really want to go stock tied on shelves as my first job, even though Procter & Gamble is an incredible, wonderful, wonderful company. And I think it was a a great program. But uh, a friend of mine said, hey, there's this great training program at Aetna. And, um, you know, they interview people across the country. They only pick 18 positions and then you get sent to this you know, almost three-month training program in Hartford, Connecticut. And I thought, huh, that sounds kind of interesting. So I went and I interviewed and I ended up getting one of the slots and off to the races I went in the insurance world. And um, the interesting thing was you had to agree to be sent anywhere in the country after you took this um, training program in Hartford. So it wasn't until almost the end of the training program that I found out I was going to Cleveland, Ohio. And I was convinced that I was going to be going to Chicago. So of course, when I got the Cleveland you know, name in my envelope, I was sort of disappointed. But it turned out to be a blessing in disguise because I got to be a little bit of a bigger fish in a smaller pond, so to speak. And I got some client assignments that were a little bit bigger than maybe some of my counterparts who went to bigger cities. And I spent two years there. And then I did get transferred to Chicago, um, which was great. And I got transferred to go into a different role initially to do some financial analysis, which again, built some skills. And um, during that time, uh, I got contacted by Hewitt um, to go into international business development. And it was an eight-month sort of recruiting process. And it was great because I was at a stage where I was doing well, I was happy in my role, but yet I had this reach out from another um, company. So I think the lesson there is, you know, if opportunity comes knocking, even when you're happy, um, look into it because you never know where it's going to take you, right? It's uh, like the Seinfeld effect, right? You leave on the, on the up note. Exactly. Leave <laughs> on the up note. Always leave on the up note. And so I did. And it gave me the opportunity to go travel the world and help clients establish themselves. So this was 1996. Um, 
you know, going to China and going to places like Brazil was still considered a little bit exotic then, right? China was just it's starting. Still exotic. Yeah, ex- yeah, you know. But um, it was great. So I worked on a project. My first project was working on a healthcare initiative in Brazil, which was fabulous, which was, of course, like a little bit intimidating because I joined this group of very senior people at Hewitt. And I said, you guys know I haven't actually worked in Brazil, right? And they're like, yeah, no, we got it. So, you know, the other thing is just be confident that you can contribute, even if you may not have that specific, you know, sort of geographic or whatever expertise, just, you know, sometimes you got to fake it till you make it a little bit. Um, So I did that and I traveled all over the world. And then I was um, given the opportunity again I was working in Mexico City. I got a call from my boss and said, what do you think about moving to London for a few years? And again, I was really happy in Chicago. Things were going well. Great group of friends. But I was like, huh, I've never lived in London before. Why not? So I went for it. And two years turned into four years. And then I was supposed to go back to Chicago. But this wonderful woman who is still a mentor of mine Um, intercepted me. So she worked for the firm and she was like, you don't want to go back to Chicago after living in London. It's going to seem boring. No offense to Chicago. Um, And I'm from that area originally. She was like, you need to come to New York City. So again, I thought, I've never lived in New York City. Why not? I'll go to New York City. And so I came to New York and uh, ended up spending five and a half years here and then got the opportunity to go back to London. So sometimes, you know, you like you know you like it so the much the boomerang effect exactly you go you go back again and so did that and um, while I was in London I was actually on a mission trip in Tanzania is when I got the text to say we're being acquired by Aon and sometimes I think your surroundings can be sending you a message so I was there working in an orphanage for deaf children and I just thought okay. We're getting acquired. Who knows what's going to happen to my job, but I'm here doing something that's, I think, a little bit bigger than what is going on with my job. So I was like, yep, no problem. Like, I'll be back in a week. Let me know what's going on once I get back. So it, you know, so that happened. And then I came to Philadelphia and then I came back to New York and I will have been with the firm for 22 years in September. So it's been kind of a crazy ride. That's incredible. And so much, so many good lessons. I, here's what I heard. One, that by taking the road less traveled, yep. you had many more opportunities. Definitely. Number two was not saying no to wherever it took you. Yep. Um, and how many doors that that opened. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, maybe I had three or four, was um, I, I love that you have continued to to pursue these out of work opportunities to really have a whole life mm-hmm. and you've made time for them and how that helps you have perspective at work and make better decisions for work. Um, and then, and then lastly, I think is, is just the value of seeing all these different cultures. Oh, Oh, I know what you said. The, um, you know, you, you, you can fake it till you make it right. Have the confidence it will come. And, and, uh, I, as I always say, which is a good segue to the next question, but I think men are very, very adept at faking it. They're less, it's not, it isn't even deliberate. They're just less concerned with what they don't know or haven't done. With women, we we carry it like baggage. Mm -hmm. Um, And so your, your willingness to say, I don't know how to do this, but I can, I will do it. 
anyway, um, it really goes a long way. I totally agree. And I think, you know, listen, no matter what stage of your career you're in, I still go into meetings and I look confident. It's kind of like the duck effect, right? You're kind of going along the surface, but underneath, you know, your feet are paddling or you're just, you're kind of sweating a little bit, or you just feel like you just feel nervous and that's okay. I think there's like a healthy bit of nervousness to have, but I do think you have to be confident. We all have things to contribute. We all have, whether it's, you know, a very technical skill, you're an attorney, you're an accountant, you're a doctor, right? You have this specific skill or you've got broader skills, strategic skills, communication skills. All of us have something to contribute. Never downplay that. Just your perspective or your opinion, I think, is hugely um, valued. And just go in with some confidence, um, whether it's into a meeting, whether it's going into your boss and asking for that raise that you probably deserve because you've taken on additional responsibilities, whether it's going in and asking for something that you want to be involved in a project, that you'd like to be involved in a committee. Um, I think just being confident in speaking your mind in a diplomatic fashion, I think is, is you know, advice that a mentor of mine gave me. Um, this woman who intercepted me and brought me to New York who just had such an incredible impact on my life and, and still does. And that's the other thing I would say is seek mentorship, you know, ask people, and it can be a man, it can be a woman, it can be just somebody that you respect and can learn from and who knows, who knows you and will tell you the truth. So I would like to pick up on that. That's interesting because um, when people ask me about mentorship, a Mm -hmm. lot of the times, of course, I think it's incredibly important to pursue, but how, how can you make that a two-way relationship how Mm -hmm. do you engage the mentor so that that you they are you know helping you and finding your new job opportunities um so i've i've been i think very fortunate to have some incredible mentors in my life um thus far and i will always still continue to seek out mentorship um, and be a mentor i think you need to figure out what works in that dynamic um You know, some people like it to be very structured, right? You have sort of a monthly meeting and you have topics and things like that. Um, With this individual, because she started out as my boss, you know, I sort of, you know, got daily lessons from her. Um, And uh, I think, you know, she just, she did everything for me from reviewing my presentations with a red pencil. I'll never forget that darn red pencil, right? (laughs) Of just like... And she said, I, I'm doing this to make you better. I'm not doing this to criticize you or critique you. I'm doing this to, you know, make you better. And she always said, feedback is a gift. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that because, you know, we all have a perspective on ourselves and how we come across, whether it's verbally, um, physically, um, in the written word, whatever. And I think having people give you feedback on that is really important because you may think you're coming across one way, but it may not be as intended or as impactful, um, and there may be different ways to do things. So it I just, helps so much to have someone who's honest with you. Oh my, it's, it's huge, and that is one thing I will say to everyone. You know, do it, be very honest with the person. You right. know, there's a, there's a way to do it, but 
Um, I think sometimes now everything is supposed to be bright and shiny and everybody's good and everybody gets a blue ribbon and you know all these things. We're all human beings at the end of the day. We all either make mistakes or have the opportunity to develop ourselves in a better fashion, right? And you should never stop learning. You should never stop asking people for feedback, whether it's professionally or personally. Right. right? And, and I would say that a boss who's not pushing you or, or um, giving you feedback is maybe not growing you. It, you might right. not have the best boss for exactly. you. Exactly. You should be encouraged. You should be stretched. You should be challenged. Um, you know, one of the things that this woman did was she put me on some committees and got me into things that really helped me. You know, I became the MC for one of our big client conferences, right? Getting up in front of 500 people can be intimidating, right? But as a part of that, I actually, they had, you know, a, a speech and presentation coach that I got to work with, right? And that was a great experience. Um, that is a gift. It's a gift. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, you know, so the other, you know, this, this healthy nervousness, if somebody gives you that opportunity and you think, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to do it, you can, right? And ask questions, ask for help, ask for input, right? If, if, if you can get those things, it will, it will improve you and it will have a wonderful impact on your life, even though it may not feel it at the time when somebody's saying, don't use your hands so much, you know, stand up straight or, you know, do this, do that. But it's, it's great. So we heard all about your career journey what, if anything, do you think would have been different if you were a man? I think I would have asked for some things along the way, um, whether it would have been a raise, whether it would have been for some resources. Um, I will say, I think I feel very fortunate to be at the firm that I am at because we have had a lot of great female leaders go before me um, and pave the path. And I've always felt like an equal here. That's um, lovely. So I, I do, I do want to say that. Um, I do think sometimes, you know, I didn't ask for additional help or resources because I just figured, well, I've been asked to do this. I have to do all of it. And I think in many cases, Men are much better just saying, hey, I need some additional resource here. This is becoming overwhelming. You know, I would just kind of figure out a way to do it. Right. right? I mean, are, are tend not to be as good at asking for help in exactly. general. Exactly. The other thing I think is, is I have gotten better at delegation, mm. but I wish I would have learned that lesson much earlier yes. on, which I think is, is sort of tied to that. Um, that's probably something I would have done differently. You talked about this mentor who's a woman who seems to have done wonderful things for your career, mm -hmm. but we also spoke earlier that sometimes women are not as helpful to each other. Yes. Have you seen that in your career, and, and what advice would you give women to ha on how to deal with it and how to make it not be? <laughs> right. No, and I think it's, it's a great point, Romy, and I, I wish this were not the case. Um, we should all be supporting one another. We should be celebrating our successes. We should be lifting one another up. We should be encouraging one another and sponsoring one another and, and doing all of that. And, you know, I have had situations 
Um, you know, particularly when I moved overseas. Um, and, and I understand that, right? I was this unknown person coming over from the U.S. Um, I had a woman who um, was on my team, who ironically now she and I are best friends. Um, but she made things very difficult for me. Um, and so I would, how did you go from that to best friends? So it's very funny. So I finally walked over to her one day and I just said, I don't understand why you don't like me. And I said, could you and I just go have coffee offsite? And what was her response? And I think she was a little bit taken aback that I was so direct with her. Um, and she just said, fine, okay, we'll go have a coffee. And I said, well, can we go have a coffee now? Do you have some time? Sort of begrudgingly, you know, she came along. And she was very honest with me. She said, you know what, you just kind of showed up here one day. Nobody had really told us why you were here, what your job was going to be, why we, you know, our group was now reporting into you. Um, and I said, okay, well, let's just put that out on the table and let me answer your questions. Yeah. And I'd like your input and in how we should be doing things. And I think that just kind of broke the ice. Yeah. Um, and it was very funny when I did that mission trip to Tanzania, she found out about it and she said, well, can I come with you? And she did. <laughs> and she did. Amazing. And I sort of had to laugh because I was like, wait, are you inviting yourself along on my trip? And she said, yeah, I am. And, and sure enough, um, she and I raised a bunch of money within the firm. Um, she used to work for British Airways so she not only got us upgraded to business class, so that was a benefit, but we were able to take like seven big duffel bags of school supplies and all this other stuff down. And we roomed together in a room that was probably the size of a closet. We were living in a convent near the school that, you know, had no air conditioning, almost no running water. So you spend a week with a person and you're either going to really like each other or really not like each other. And we liked each other. And, um, We've stayed really close friends to That's this day. So, um, yeah, I think you just sort of have to call it out. Uh, and I've had women actually ask me for advice. I just had um, a client, a, a woman who used to work here who's now at a client. I had lunch with her, and she asked me the exact same thing. She said, I'm really having a problem with my female boss. And I said, address it. Just ask yeah. her. It seems. It, it just seems like you don't think I'm doing a good job. It seems like, you know, and just give her specific examples and just have that conversation. Right. For sure. You know, don't be afraid. You know, women, I think, sometimes tend to dance around the edges with these things. Hit it head on. That's, I think, what men are very good at. They will be very direct with one another. Right. Because you never know what the context is. Exactly. This was not about something you had done. Right. Why she, why she exactly. wasn't warm to you. Right. Um, so we talked a little bit about this, but what, how, how can we determine what makes a good manager? So as women, how can we be good managers and how can we also find good managers? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think to me, what makes a good manager is someone who understands that they have different personalities on their team, right? Not everyone is the same, um, and you need to figure out what works for each person on your team. And guess what? That happens by having, again, very open and honest conversation with them. How can I? And I think people want to know that 
you want to make them successful. Mm-hmm. I'd like to make you better than me, right? Yes. I want to make you successful. And you tell me what success means to you. And you tell me what I need to do to support you, right? And to the extent that I can get things done for you or provide you with resources or get you a promotion or help you move overseas or just understand what it is that motivates that person and, you know, how you can help them personally and professionally. Um, I think that is, that to me is hugely important. Ask for input. Um, One of the things that I tried to do at the end of each of my one-on-ones with my team is say, what can I be doing better differently? Ask your team for feedback, right? What, you know, um, are there things that I'm doing that you really feel are helpful? Are there things that we're doing as a team that aren't helpful? And, And my team felt very comfortable giving me feedback as well, which I think you have to be able to take on board. You have to be willing to change what you're doing, right? Whether it's how you do your team meetings, when you do them, what gets shared, are they getting stale? Do they need to, you know, kind of be, you know, jazzed up again? Are there certain reports or requirements that you're asking of people that just don't seem relevant anymore, right? You know, people kind of have a habit of doing the same old thing just because it's always um, been done. Um, So I think that's, and I would say those are things that are important in a manager, Right. So if you have the opportunity to, you know, interview for a new position, I would ask that person, you know, how do you how do you do your one on ones? Mm-hmm. Right? right. Get real brass tacks about exactly. what does it look like to be managed by you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's exactly. a very good point. Absolutely. Um, you travel a lot and you work very hard. How do you manage work life balance? How do you make time for yourself? Yeah, and that's hugely, hugely important. And I think when you love what you do, you can tend to work more, right? Because you get engaged in, you know, whether it's the work or, you know, there can be social aspects of work, like entertaining clients and doing all these things. And I think, you know, again, you need to find what works for you. You know, I'm a big morning workout person. Um, you know, sometimes when that alarm goes off at 5 a.m., it doesn't feel so great. Um, but, you know, you know you're going to feel better after doing it. But, you know, if you're a night workout person, then do that. I, do, I personally think some kind of physical activity every day is huge because we all sit, we all stare at computers, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I think counterbalancing that with something physical, and it could be walking to and from work. Right. If you're in New York City, maybe take a city bike, you know, to and from work, you know, find something that works for you. Maybe, you know, to me, it's also if I can get out and I tend to be out and about with clients a lot, I'll walk between meetings. I like listening to music um, or a podcast or, you know, to learn something new. Um, I think it's also just scheduling. Do not book time. I'm a big proponent of that. It's all over my calendar. Yeah, exactly. You need thinking time or today I'm definitely quitting at 6 p.m. because I'm going to go do that cooking class or I'm going to go meet friends or I'm going to spend you know time with my family. Um, I think you need to figure out what works for you and things you're passionate about but don't let things go because you get busy at work and you know figure out the routine that you can take on the road with you whether again it's that workout routine whether it's you know I've become a huge fan of like meditation too, like headspace, right? I Even like headspace. 10 minutes 
um, I think makes a difference. And, you know, if you do it wherever you can, I mean, there have been days that I've done it in my via or the subway is maybe not a great place to meditate, (laughs) but, you know, it helps you zone out, you know, some of the external fray. Uh, Absolutely. And I like your advice to schedule your personal time and schedule time for yourself because I feel like often our calendars can get claimed. So we have to reclaim them. (laughs) Well, and even my, you know, my friends joke a lot because, you know, I just did this with a group of girlfriends. We planned a dinner on May 21st, but it's the first date that we're all available. And it's, if you don't do it now, then it's going to be another couple of months before you all see each other. So I do get accused of being like the Germanic planner. And maybe sometimes I need to, you know, not do as much, but I think... It, it helps if you just want to make sure that you're staying in contact for with what people. it's worth. I do the same exact thing well, with my girlfriends. We, we pl- <laughs> and we plan, it is always weeks out. Weeks yeah. out. Absolutely. Talk about a mistake you've made and what did you learn from it? Oh, so. And for, by yeah. the way, type A's like us, it's yeah. very hard to talk about our mistakes. Oh my gosh. And I make them, <laughs> I make them all the time. Um, so I had taken on a new job. This was just when Aon and Hewitt were merging. And, you know, this was a brand new team of people that were coming together. And I was still in London en route to moving back to the U.S. And, you know, it was something as simple as not going to the initial leadership team meeting because I was sort of, you know, the movers were going to be coming and all these things. And I thought I could do this meeting by conference call. And you just don't, and and this is something I'm a firm believer in, being in person with people. I know we have all this great new technology, right? We've got video conferencing, which is at least better than just being on the phone. But I think you don't get the body language. You don't get the eye contact. You just don't get like the warmth and the vibe that you feel in the room. And it caused me to sort of have to play catch up once I got, once I, you know, moved and then got into the next meeting. And I, I think the other thing is, this was the second mistake. And it, 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 I know it's not just me that made it, but if you're going through a merger or you're getting into a new team, you've got to have benefit of the doubt and trust of people. Um, And I think there was, and this gets back to the women being competitive with one another. You had a group of type A personalities coming from two different organizations that I think sat around the table and still felt like they were competing with one another. And I think sometimes you just have to go into things and know that you're all in the same boat. Mm -hmm. You have to trust one another from the get-go, even though that means making yourself vulnerable um, and asking for help and just, you know, doing that. Um, Absolutely. And often in a situation like that, the first person to show vulnerability will, will bring everybody in. Right. Exactly. It's, hard, it's so hard to let your guard down, but it makes all the difference. It does. It does. It and really your, does. Your meeting story, I really empathize because it is so hard. There are 10,000 meetings, right? It's mm-hmm. very hard. Like 90% of them could have been missed and it would be fine. Right. It's very hard to predict which one is that one. Yeah, But it you just can't is. spend your life living in fear of like, I don't want to miss the wrong meeting. Right, right. You just I, kind of yeah. have to do what you have to do. I think you do. And I think, you know, again, depending on, on what your job is, I mean, I'm very fortunate now that my clients are, for the most part, in the greater New York area. And I'm a huge believer 
Like, even if it's only a half hour meeting, I will get there in person. It makes a huge difference. It just, it just. What do they say? Eighty percent of success is just showing up. Or... Yeah. Well, again, and you know, I in I am guilty of this. Although I am trying to become a unitasker. Right. So for everybody out there who like listens to a conference call, does email, looks at their cell phone, right? Like women, I think in particular are, we're, we can be really good multitaskers. We're right? great at it. Yeah, exactly. Like you can be, you know, at the grocery store, listening to a conference call while, you know, pushing the stroller and, you know, doing all these things. But, um, I will tell you, so if we do it, you know, on our end, clients are doing it. And so if I've got a half hour with somebody, I want them to focus on what we're talking about and the subject matter. And I, I kind of find that you get more done by doing it in person. Yeah. It's not always possible, right? But I just think, you know, humans still, technology will never replace the human interaction. There's, it's, there's a chemistry that happens when you're in person that even exactly. video conference doesn't. It, yeah, replace. and again, it's great that we have that, and I'm sure... It's, it is far better than a call on, the, right. on right. the ranking scale. Yeah. All right, so you've had a lot of great advice here. Um, what is the one... You've, you've got an audience of very ambitious, talented women listening. What's the one thing you think they should all know? So I think there's, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them two. I, I think one is just always be aware of opportunity, right? It could be something, you know, super small. Um, and I think it's the opportunities that can benefit you, but what opportunities can you create for others as well? That's very nice. And I think there's, it's something so simple. So I was, in, I was on the way to work this morning on the subway, right? And it, you know, I got, I w- was coming in a little bit later, so it was a little bit crowded. There was a guy with his backpack on and, you know, he was kind of bumping into people and there was a, they, he was leaving um, and there was a woman and she was, you know, kind of saying, you know, you were bumping me the whole time. And, you know, they kind of started getting into it as they were walking out the door. And I just thought this is an opportunity to lighten the mood. So I just kind of looked around. I'm like, come on, it's Friday, you know, and it's amazing just doing something like that. Like everybody started smiling and laughing. So I think when you have the opportunity to lift people out of tension or create, you know, a moment by even saying good morning to somebody on the street or, you know, just doing a kind gesture for somebody, particularly in a city like New York, where people are sort of hustling and bustling. So it's creating an opportunity for others but also being open to receive opportunity, whether it's large or small. That's lovely. I love that advice. Um, and I do think you, uh, whether it's in the workplace, especially, mm-hmm. yeah. so much of what we put out can change the experience of the day for everyone else. Exactly. And that, that's true, whatever level you're at, too. Right. Um, so there's so much you can bring that can, can help other people. Definitely. It's in the even workplace, just saying, out of the workplace, wherever you are. Saying thank you. Yes. Um, saying, hey, that outfit looks great on you. Right. I mean, I know we need to be careful about what we say <laughs> now, but I do, I do think it's just, or you, you did a great job, right? right? Just tell somebody yes. that. Because you're probably agree. thinking it, but actually, you know, bring some joy to that person. Love it. All right, before we let you go, we have our fast five. Okay, oh boy. Um, so what is your favorite book that you would recommend? 
So I'm a big Ayn Rand fan, I have wow. to say. I know. <laughs> so I'm you know, a real capitalist here. Right, now. exactly. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, although my, my, my book club just read a great book called Dunbar by Edward St. Aubin, which is a modern take on King Lear. Wow. So I can recommend that as a current book. Great. What's your favorite way to exercise, either your body or your mind? We talked about headspace. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say headspace. I, um, I, I really love to spin, um, but I also like to do um, high-intensity interval training. I've so heard there's great a, things about it. Yeah, there's a great place here in New York called the Fitting Room, um, or I like to refer to it as the Torture Chamber. <laughs> but I, yeah, um, I'm kind of like an active yeah. exercise. I love room. it. So everybody, check out the Torture Chamber. It's yeah, fast. exactly. Um, What's your favorite movie? Oh my gosh. Um, you know, the, it, it's probably the first movie that I saw with my parents, which is Gone with the Wind. Oh, which is kind is a of a classic. Beautiful, um, extraordinary movie. And I do love The English Patient. Yes. As Another well. epic. It, I was just going to say, sort of these epic, classic, um, you know, period pieces. Excellent. Who is one person, dead or alive, that you would want to have dinner with? Gandhi. Oh, that's a great one. Yep. Yes. Talk about someone who influenced and, and led through goodness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, imp- and, and I know it's a man. I probably should have said a woman, no, but yeah, I mean, I think his work is, um, is really incredible. That's incredible man. And we like to ask everybody, what is your karaoke song? Oh my gosh. So, um, I am kind of a big hair band girl. Uh, bon Jovi, nice. Living on a Prayer. Excellent. <laughs> well, I hope I'll have a chance to sing that with you Yeah, soon. exactly. We're going to make a date. I love it. <laughs> Petra, thank you for joining us. Really great advice for our audience today. My pleasure. Thank you for asking. Thanks for joining us today on Fairy God Boss Radio. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and visit us at fairygodboss.com. See you next time. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.